Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me with questions or comments, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are taking a look at Leviticus chapters 11 through 17. And in these chapters, we will see the two categories of clean and unclean described in various locations. So verse 1 begins, And the Lord spoke unto Moses and to Aaron, saying unto them, Now this is a change in the book of Leviticus. Up to this time, God spoke only to Moses, but now God is speaking to both of them. And he says, speak unto the children of Israel, saying, well, the first section begins with clean and unclean foods. So verses three through eight are beast on the earth, and there's two categories and what separates them. Verses 9 through 12, we see sea creatures, which are clean and which ones are not clean. And we see the word abomination four times listed in this section. Starting with verse 13, we see the fowl in the air of which birds can be eaten and which ones are not. And again, we see abomination with the unclean ones. And if a person touches an unclean dead creature, that person is unclean until the evening. Anything it touches is unclean. In verse 44, it says, The reason they are not to touch or eat unclean things is because I am the Lord your God. You will sanctify yourselves and ye shall be holy for I am holy. And then in verse 45, For I am the Lord that brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall be holy, for I am holy. In chapter 12, we see that the Lord speaks unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, And this section talks about a woman giving birth. If a woman conceives a child and she gives birth to a male, she is considered unclean for seven days, and then on the eighth day, the boy will be circumcised. But if it's a girl, then for two weeks, she's separated and considered unclean until her time of purification is over. So when the issue of blood was over, she could then bring a sacrifice to the tabernacle to be clean. In chapter 13, the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying, Rules about leprosy and skin diseases. They would go and see the priest, and depending upon what the priest saw, they would be unclean if they were thought contagious and clean if not. If it was determined that they were leprous, which was very contagious, then verses 44 through 46 say, He is a leprous man. The priest will pronounce him utterly unclean. And the leopard would put a covering upon his upper lip and he would cry, unclean, unclean. And because he's unclean, he will dwell alone without the camp. And if his garment had leprosy, they would burn it. Chapter 14 says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, If the leper becomes cleansed, he shall be brought to the priest, and then the priest will go out to see. And if so, then he is to bring an offering to the Lord of two birds. The first would be killed in a bowl over running water, and the second bird would be dipped in the blood of the first bird and then sprinkled it seven times. And then the second bird would be let loose in an open field. 
Then the leprous man could then wash his clothes, shave his hair. Then he can come into the camp, but he was to stay outside of his tent for seven days. He then would present a trespass offering, and the priest would put some of the blood on his right ear, his right thumb, and his right big toe. And then he would do the same with the oil. He again then is cleansed from head to toe. The rest of the oil would be poured upon the head of him who is to be cleansed. And the priest should make an atonement for him before the Lord. Again, atonement means a covering. And then they would do the sin offering, the burnt offering, the meat offering on the altar. And the priest shall make an atonement and he shall be clean. In verse 33, we talks about how a house is clean or unclean. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying, When you come to the land of Canaan, which I give to you for a possession, and I put the plague of leprosy in a house of the land of your possession, the unclean stones they should remove first, and then if it comes back, then they remove it again the second time. And if it spreads into the house, the whole house is unclean. They're to tear it down and take all of the stones and everything outside of the city. If it becomes clean, then an offering of birds, just like with the man, is presented. And then verse 57 says, This is to teach when it is unclean and when it is clean. This is the law of leprosy. Chapter 15, the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them. And this is about bodily discharges. And they are unclean while it's happening, and anything they sit on or lie on is unclean until it's washed. And then there's a, usually a time that they're unclean until they make a sacrifice and are cleansed. Verse 31 says, Thus you shall separate the children of Israel from the uncleanness, so that they don't die in their uncleanness when they defile God's tabernacle that is among them. So chapter 16 begins, And the Lord spoke unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered or they approached before the Lord and died. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to Aaron, your brother. Now in chapter 10, it did not explain why their fire was strange, why it was not acceptable before the Lord, but it may have something to do with this warning that God gives to Aaron. He says, tell Aaron that he's not to come into the Holy of Holies so that he shall not die. When he comes into the holy place where the mercy seat is, which is above the ark, which God will appear in a cloud. Aaron is to put on his holy clothes and he is to wash his flesh. And he first will offer the sin offering for himself and make atonement for himself and his house. He then will bring two goats, present them at the door before the tabernacle of the congregation, and then cast lots as to which will be sacrificed for the sin offering and which will be the scapegoat. He then will take the censer full of burning coals of fire from off of the altar and his hands full of sweet incense and bring it within the veil. He then takes the blood and sprinkles it with his finger on the mercy seat. This one is for Aaron and his family. He then goes back to kill the goat of the sin offering, and that is for the sins of the people. And he brings that blood within the veil and does the same. Verse 16 says, And he shall make an atonement for the holy place, 
because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions in all of their sins. And so he shall do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. No one else should be in the tabernacle when he does this. He then will put the blood of both animals upon the horns of the altar. And then when he has reconciled the holy place and the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, he will bring the live goat. And Aaron will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all of their transgressions in all of their sins. He will put them on the heads of the goat and send them away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. So here we have iniquities, which are perversities or evils, transgressions, which are listed sins that they know they have done. And then there are other sins that we commit that we don't even know about. So the goat shall bear all of their iniquities into a land that is not inhabited. And Aaron will then take off his holy clothes, wash his flesh, and then offer the burnt offering for him and his family and the people. This special day was on the seventh month in the tenth day of the month, and it will be a Sabbath rest, and it will be an everlasting statute once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded. And this day is called the Day of Atonement. Chapter 17 starts, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons and to all the children of Israel and say what the Lord hath commanded. If a man kills an animal but but does not bring it to the tabernacle as an offering, they will be cut off from the people. They are not to sacrifice to false gods. They shall be cut off from the people. They are not to eat any manner of blood, for God will set his face against that soul, and they will be cut off from the people. Do we see the pattern there? For the life of the flesh is in the blood, for it is the blood that makes atonement for your souls. Do you understand why Jesus' death was so important? He needed to shed his blood for atonement for us. If anyone touches a dead beast, he needs to wash his clothes and bathe himself and be unclean until the evening, and then he shall be clean. But if he doesn't wash, he shall bear his iniquities. Okay, ladies, when we take a look at these laws, the first thing I notice is that they were set up for the people's protection. If someone was sick, they were separated so that other people wouldn't get sick. It makes me think a lot about how we treated COVID and how we all stayed in our homes, etc. So then when we look at the laws, we first try to see how they followed them and what it meant for them at that time. We must look at their purpose and their time, and then we can look and see if these laws apply to us today. In chapter 11, we see clean foods that they are to eat, and it makes me think of doctors and how they tell us what we should and we shouldn't eat. 
There are a couple of New Testament passages that addresses this issue, but the cleanest one or the clearest one is found in Acts chapter 10, when Peter gets a vision where God shows him he brings sheet down from heaven and it's filled with unclean animals. And God says, kill and eat. And Peter responds, I have never eaten these foods that are unclean. And God responds, what I have cleansed, you shall not call unclean. Peter had this vision three times. And then after that, a Gentile named Cornelius sent three men to go and get Peter because the Lord had sent them. And this is the beginning for Peter of seeing that Gentiles and Jews are called unto God to come to him. Here, God says that all food is clean. But as we know, ladies, not all food is beneficial, like chocolate cake. So that still does not mean that everything is good for us. In the chapters of 12 through 15, we see issues of clean bodies, clean clothes, clean houses, and clean contact with people. We get some pictures in the New Testament with regards to Jesus, how he dealt with some of these people. In Mark 5, we have the story of the woman who is bleeding for 12 years, and she was unclean, and she spent all of her money on doctors, and she just got worse. But she knew that if she could touch just his garment, she would be made whole. So she goes, it's crowded, and she touches the hem of his garment, and she knew in her body that she was healed. With regards to leprosy, one time a leprous man came to Jesus and he cries out, If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and made him clean. And then he sent him to the priest to offer the sacrifices for cleansing him. This story is found in Luke 5 verses 12 through 16. And nowadays, we all know the importance of bodily discharges. As a substitute teacher, I have to read up on pathogens and schools have special solutions on how to keep us safe because we know that sickness can come from bodily fluids. Then in chapter 16, we see the Day of Atonement, which we know means, again, to cover, to cover our sin and our shame. The thing that struck me most about chapter 16 was when Aaron put his hands on the head of the two goats and confessed over him the iniquities and the sins of the people. And I I thought, how long did he have to stand there? Doing so, he put their sins on the goat and then he sent them away. You know, ladies, sometimes we need to do something tangible like that to find healing and wholeness. One time I was at a minister's wives retreat and I had so much stuff weighing on my heart that during one of the session times I sat on the floor in a lady's bathroom crying my eyes out and writing on paper every heartbreak, every sin, everything that was breaking my heart. And then when it was all out and I had nothing left to write, I ripped up that paper into tiny pieces and I threw it away into the garbage. And ladies, I keep thinking it is a miracle that no other woman came into that bathroom and saw this crazy lady sitting on the floor crying her eyeballs out. I have also at times stood at my stove with my fan turned on and the papers that I've written down all of my heart cries and I've burnt the paper sort of as an offering unto the Lord. And there was something about seeing it go up in smoke 
and there was only that black ash on the stovetop that showed me that these issues, whatever I was dealing with, was over. In the book of Hebrews chapters 9 and 10, the writer talks about the Day of Atonement and how it was a figure of the tabernacle to come. And that tabernacle, the new one, is not made by human hands. And Christ is our high priest. And the blood of goats and calves was not good enough, which was why Jesus shed his blood. And it is through his blood. And verse 14 says, Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God and will purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. When Jesus Christ comes, the old is passed away. Behold, the new is come. Verse 22 says, And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sin. And then in chapter 10 of Hebrews, verse 10 says, We are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Jesus did not have to die again. He has covered it, and it's through faith that we are made whole. The chapter continues and said that this new covenant is that God will write his laws into our hearts and our minds and our sins and iniquities he will remember no more. Ladies, is your heart crying out, unclean, unclean, like the leprous man? Do you need to touch the hem of the garment of Jesus like the woman with the blood issue? Or do you need to ask the Lord to make you whole? Is there sin in your life that you need to confess and place on a piece of paper and shred or send it up in smoke on your stovetop? Whatever it is, ladies, let's do it. Or maybe your heart is good today and you know your sins are forgiven because of the blood of Jesus Christ and you are whole, you feel whole. Peter says in his first letter, chapter 2, verse 9, that as a Christian, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into the marvelous light. Are you showing the light of Jesus to this dark world in which we are in? As a royal priest, are you praying and bringing people to Jesus? Does your life shine to a world that so desperately needs him? Ask him what he wants you to do. And then ladies, if we hear his voice, let's not harden our hearts, but let's obey and do that which he's called us to do. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.